So it is, of course, the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. And I remember as a little kid hearing my parents or grandparents talking about Pearl Harbor. And they might as well have been talking about the Civil War for all I knew at that time. And it won't be much longer before September 11th becomes that for new generations. Time passes so quickly. But for those of you who do remember that day, <clears throat> that time, it always strikes me when things like that happen, not just tragedies, but even memorable, powerful, joyful moments. In some sense, yes, we're struck by what's happening and we're watching and we're observing and we're taking things in. But those moments are also powerful moments for learning about ourselves, if we're open enough, if we're introspective enough at the moment. And it's easy to be so taken up with what's going on with them or out there, and to lose sight of the fact that in our reaction, something inside of us is coming forward, maybe in a way that had never come forward before. <clears throat> There's a reason why when psychologists are doing evaluations, they give you those Rorschach tests. As you look at something that you did not produce, what's coming up inside of you? And as you describe what you're seeing, what's being revealed inside of you, if you're willing and able to bring it out? You can remember what you were thinking or feeling 20 years ago. There's a good chance something was coming up inside of you that hadn't been expressed before. That's what happens at moments like that, whether it's anger or rage or confusion, or also in the joyful moments, maybe the day you proposed or were proposed to, the birth of your first child, the beginning of an amazing friendship, whatever. In the face of the extraordinary, something comes up inside of us. And I'm saying all of that because that's what you get a little window into in the gospel today. But that's what's meant to happen every time we're in the presence of Jesus, I think. And I think one of the great disservices we do to children as we're talking about the faith is that we just tell them all about Jesus. We tell them who Jesus is, we tell them what Jesus did, and implicitly, at least, we tell them what to think about God and how to think about God. My gosh, down at the seminary, all they do is take classes and then they're tested. Do they know about God? And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But what you can sometimes easily lose is the power of the encounter. And all of a sudden, the face of Jesus can become as ordinary as the face of a building that you walk past day after day, year after year. And it's only in the face of the extraordinary that you begin to ask yourself, well, who am I? What is this environment? What is this world? Who is this person that I've been told is the Son of God? And so there's Peter, and Jesus forces the issue. That's what almost always happens. And in the gospel, yes, it's the man, Jesus of Nazareth. We don't have him anymore. But that doesn't mean God isn't encountering us almost 24-7. And Jesus pushes the issue. Who do you say that I am? They were probably having a perfectly fine day. And out of the blue, Jesus, hey, who do you say that I am? 
And what does that look like for us? Well, sometimes they are those extraordinary moments where we're not explicitly thinking who God is, but maybe we're asking, where is God in this? How could God have allowed it? Or, thank you, Lord, for giving me this extraordinary moment. I didn't see it coming. Joy, sorrow, tragedy, anger. Those aren't just moments like any other moments. Those are opportunities as well, where God is looking us in the eye saying, who do you say that I am? Because in answering that question, it isn't really Peter saying what he thinks about God. It's Peter revealing how he understands himself. You are the Messiah. Okay, well, what does that tell us? That tells us Peter sees Jesus in a very triumphant sort of role. And he's got a role in that. And isn't it wonderful? This is the small group and Jesus is on the ascendancy. And then almost immediately, Jesus begins to shoot that down. I'm not your kind of Messiah. I will suffer. I will die. I will be killed. And Peter can't accept it. And it isn't so much that he doesn't believe what Jesus is saying about himself. It's that he's struggling with his own identity. Because Jesus, if that's who you are, then who am I? Because I'm the one who's always by your side. I'm the one who tries to make things easy for you. When he pulled Jesus aside and rebuked him, hey, I'll make sure you never have to suffer like that. Jesus, let me, let me set you straight. It's Peter slowly beginning, if he's willing to, understand who he is. How he sees God is really how he sees himself. So just a little spiritual invitation, I think, for each of us to maybe just ask yourself, what are some of those most powerful moments in your life? Yes, for those of us who lived through it, we can certainly name the events of 20 years ago, but also things that aren't so momentous on the world stage, maybe a moment in the most critical relationship in your life, maybe a moment in your marriage, maybe a moment in your family, Maybe that day you received certain news. Maybe you have this sense that that day is about to come, something on the horizon, a very difficult decision that you're wrestling, whatever it is. But just go through some of those moments in your life. And maybe you weren't thinking about God at all in an explicit way at those times. But to be sure, that was your version of who do you say that I am? And the beauty is, it's never too late to revisit those moments and begin to say, okay, Lord, maybe I wasn't so clear on where you were then. Or maybe I wasn't so open and receptive to becoming someone that you were calling me to be. Fine, Peter didn't do so good on his multiple choice exam that day. But Jesus didn't give up on him. And as they continued on that journey, he grew in his own self-awareness. He slowly grew into becoming the man that Jesus was calling him to be, and the same thing can happen for any one of us. That age-old question, who do you say that Jesus Christ is, is a really wonderful opportunity to say, and here's who I say I am, Lord. Help me become the woman or man you desire me to be.